Good morning, good evening, and good day. You're listening to Drama Buds, an anima podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. Technically, this is a second chance episode because I tried watching Something in the Rain back in 2020. So that was my first year of K-dramas. Imagine watching this as one of my first 10 K-dramas. I I really could not deal with how slow it was. And I'm sure at that moment, at that time in my life, I would not have been able to appreciate this. So instead, I watched One Spring Night and like I fell in love immediately. But that is for another episode. That is not today's problem. So three years later, I am hopefully more mature. <laughs> I've had a lot of training with other slow dramas that I ended up loving because they're slow. It's like, to me, slow isn't immediately a negative description. Sometimes slow can be good. And I don't know, it just felt like the right time to give this drama another chance. And I am very glad I did. So quick background on Something in the Rain. This has the same PD as One Spring Night, Secret Love Affair, same writer as One Spring Night. And it stars Sonia Jin, who I've seen in Crash Landing on You and 39, and Jung Hae-in, who I've seen in One Spring Night and DP. And present playbook, right? So it's about a woman who's in her mid-30s, and she falls in love with her childhood best friend's younger brother. They navigate through their growing feelings for each other and the impending disapproval of their families because of her age, his social status and background, and the fact that they grew up together. Moving on to the plot and characters, first we have Yoon Jina, played by Sonia Jin. So I said she's a woman in her mid-30s. She's working as, a, I think, like a branch supervisor for this coffee shop chain. And she's known as Yoon Tambourine in the office. She's a, she's a pushover, right? She's the one that the male bosses will call and she'll, you know, she'll serve them food. She'll grill meat for them. She'll pour them drinks. She'll dance. She'll sing. Like she's that person in the office. Which is an important detail. We'll get to that later. At the start of the show, she's broken up with by her boyfriend. And then she finds out that guy's been cheating on her. And what else? She still lives with her parents. And her mother is always telling her to just get married already. Her only close friend in the show is one of her childhood friends. Who her parents also treat her and her little brother like their own daughter and their own son. And Gyeongson, that close friend, has a little brother who has just come back from working in America after three years. So that is So Jun Hee, played by Jung Hae In. Jun Hee is a video game designer in his late, probably late 20s. And he and his sister were abandoned by their dad uh, soon after their mom died. And because their mom was close to Gina's mom, she, you know, kind of took care of them too. And because they had to grow up on their own, essentially, he didn't get to go to the typical prestigious university. He went to art school and he did well for himself. Like, he found a good video game company. He was sent to America. Like, he's earning money for himself. He's fine. So anyway, he comes back from America after three years and, you know, he finds out that he and Gina work in the same building. So Juni pursues her. I guess pursue is the term. He pursues her subtly. But at the beginning, she's still kind of dealing with her breakup and she isn't really taking him seriously. 
But then the more they go out to eat and drink, the more he protects her from her ex-boyfriend who, you know, suddenly wants to get back together with her. The more Gina's co-worker tries to hit on him, the more devoted he is to only look at Gina, only care about Gina. And eventually, she takes his feelings seriously and they start secretly dating. And that's, yeah, that's most of the show. So you can classify the scenes of the show into three categories or topics or, you know, sets of characters. One, it's either just Gina and Junhee and their relationship, the flirting and their dates and all that. Or, you know, them drinking with their friends. Always, repeatedly, again and again. (laughs) Second, it could be Gina's mother being overbearing and annoying and judgy and telling her to get married. That's it, again and again. Or... Third, it could be about the workplace harassment in Gina's office, you know, slowly being exposed and the women in the office kind of fighting against it and filing cases and talking about it for the first time legally. And that's it. I summarized most of the show already. That's all that happens in this show. Now, I have to say this. I am a fan of An Pansok PD. Once again, he directed One Spring Night, Secret Love Affair, and Heard It Through the Grapevine. I've tried a few episodes of both of these. And yeah, I, I felt the similar style. One Spring Night is the most different. It's the most modern. But Love Affair, Grapevine, and Something in the Rain. The three of them still feel kind of similar. Visually and vibe-wise, I guess. I love his style because you can tell that it's him, right? He has these incredibly slow and long one-take shots of of them just walking or moving around in their house or whatever. Yeah, just really long and slow shots. He has very repetitive music. The same five songs, more or less, that, you know, he's willing to finish the entire song. Three minutes of the entire song and then it's just walking down the street, flirting with each other or pretending that they're not looking at each other. Mm, He is really the master of the music video. (laughs) And then it's just the same locations, the same activities again and again and again. And for some reason, I'm in love with that. I'm in love with the vibe of this show. I know this is recently a topic of debate in K-drama Twitter, but I think Something in the Rain, it's a sin to watch this in 0.25.5 two times speed. Like, no. The point of the show is that it's slow. It's so slow and quiet and repetitive. It's either you love it or you hate it, but it is what it is. And I think trying to circumvent that <laughs> by, by speeding it up or skipping seeds, oh, babe, you're missing out on the experience. And it's the type of show where it won't change. It's not like, oh, you know, just wait for the plot to pick up. It's going to get faster. No, it won't. It's going to stay slow and overindulgent the entire time. It is what it is. And I am infinitely charmed by this PD style. You know, I don't even know where my bias is coming from because I've only watched One Spring Night fully from this PD. And that's a toned down version of how slow something in the rain is. But, okay, thinking about it more critically, I think An Pansok is my favorite mellow director because of how he depicts intimacy so organically. 
stay with me, okay? I'm not a cinematography directing girly, okay? I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But something I've noticed with other melodramas, romance melodramas, is how they force intimacy or, you know, facilitate intimacy through the camera with, you know, framing the characters or with tight shots and close-ups on their eyes and their hands and the sound effects of them breathing and everything. It's like it's always just bringing you so close to the character so that you're forced to feel like you're feeling their feelings. Like, oh, it's like I can hear their heartbeat as well. Oh, I can see every movement of their eyes. Oh, it must be so intimate. Which is not, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's a technique. It is what it is. But An Pansok's style of intimacy and how he portrays it is by watching the characters from a distance. Seeing all their interactions in one take noticing their body language, waiting for their responses, like their dialogues. Not everyone, you know, in real life can answer that quickly, right? So some people take their time to think of their responses, to, you know, to, to shift their eyes, to fidget with something because they're nervous, because they're, you know, with someone they like. An Pansok doesn't cut that out for the sake of, yeah, let's just move this script along. No. Part of the the newness of this relationship, of the excitement of, of this intimacy between these two characters is allowing them to take their time to express themselves and to, to communicate and interact with each other. And I love it. I love it, you know? It's so period drama coded. He's, he's taking Victorian era historical drama, social sensibilities and sensitivities and kind of bringing that delicate feeling to the modern world and its new set of restrictions and codes. I also really have to credit the writer Kim Un for this because Something in the Rain and One Spring Night, they're not just plain romance melodramas. To me, they're social dramas as well. They're all about how love and marriage are entangled with society's expectations and their norms. And it's about how these two people in both shows fight against those prejudices. And the show asks if that love is worth the amount of fighting that they have to do. If their love is so strong and pure and true and you know supposedly easy, why does the world make it so difficult for them to be happy and to be accepted and to accept their love? Now, I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't say much about the characters themselves in the summary part because honestly, there's not much to say, okay? They're really characters that exist in relation to other characters and they exist, you know, within the context of their relationship and their feelings for each other. Usually, if you listen to my review recap brand episodes, I have like, oh, her character journey is this and that. But, you know, at most, for a character journey... Gina, I guess she becomes less of a pushover in the office because she's loved so deeply by Junhee, right? He helps her see her self-worth and she doesn't let herself be mistreated by the men in her office or by her ex-boyfriend who wants her back. But that's it. That's it. Honestly, I've tried so hard, but throughout the entire experience, that's the only character arc I could really see. That's the most I could say in terms of character development. 
Now, one major problem I have with their relationship in the show is the fast burn. Surprisingly, this isn't a slow burn relationship show. They kind of mutually admit their feelings in episode 3. They sleep together in episode 5. And then, you know, they stay in the honeymoon phase for most of the show. Which, by the way, I'm not knocking the honeymoon phase, okay? I love their honeymoon phase. They really do have great chemistry. But I don't get why these characters like each other. I don't get how and why they jump from childhood friends to lovers. Which, by the way, is not an attack on the trope. I can be convinced of most tropes, you know? Childhood friends to lovers, you can convince me. But I was not entirely convinced. Because you're telling me, Junhee just had a long-time crush on his Nuna and decided, okay, I'm back from America. She hasn't seen me in so long. She just broke up with her boyfriend. And this is the time for me to present myself as a man and as a real option. And I'm not just a kid anymore. Is, is that what's happening here? And for Gina, what? what? What's happening here? He, you know, treats her really, really well and low-key love bombs her. I'm just saying it felt like love bombing at some point. And yeah, she sees him differently now. He's a man. Okay. Uh, and then they stay together because they, they love they love each other, really. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, moving on from the sarcasm. <laughs> when the problems you know, start coming, right, and more people find out about them, I appreciate that they don't break up at every twist and turn. Like, you know how in other K-dramas, the moment they face one obstacle, let's break up. And then they get back together. Let's break up again. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a mess. But for them, good for them. They stay together even when people find out. Even when her mom, the great villain of the show, finds out about it, they still stay together for the most part. And they, they fight for their love as best as they can. But, you know, despite how firm they are, their problems are just as firm. Just as unrelenting in trying to break them apart. And we have to talk about Gina's mom. We have to do it. I'm so sorry. So just to, you know, help you visualize what kind of character this person is, she's the type who's very judgmental about people's backgrounds and, you know, their family and their family history. That's the most important thing in marriage. So she, you know, more or less raised Junhee and his sister. So she knows all about them, but you know, she treats them so lovingly. Like, oh, you're just like my kids to me. But when she finds out about Junhee and Gina, suddenly, oh, Junhee is not like her son anymore. No, no. Suddenly, he's trash. He has no specs. He has no father. And he has no right to be with her daughter. And this led to Junhee's sister going against the relationship as well. Because, you know, she doesn't want someone looking down at them for something that's out of their control. Like their father leaving, their mother dying, that's not in their control. But they made the best of their situation. And they're good, accomplished people. Why is that suddenly worth nothing? Man, that was a really good character moment for Junhee's sister. I really love that for her. You know, to me, Gina's mom is one of the worst K-drama moms out there. Worse than the murderers and the child abandoners, honestly. Because she is someone you will, at some point, meet in your life. This mom, she's the worst because she's not really a character, right? A character who is meant to go through things and learn from her experiences. No, no, no. This mother is just the living embodiment of everything that is oppressive about traditional Korean values on marriage and reputation and all of that. 
she's not really a person that they can convince that their love is pure and true and worth pursuing. No, she is a wall that Gina and Junhee could never get past because nothing in this show has ever happened for her to question and to change her beliefs. And that applies essentially to every character in the show. Like, it's a very plotless show, which is not a bad thing. Like, I don't mind that there's no plot, but because there is no plot, there is nothing that will convince them to change their mind. So their characters stay the same throughout the entire show. And it's why the last few episodes were pure torture to watch. Now, the problem with the last episodes of the show, the torture that we had to go through in the last episodes of the show, uh, the problem was that the writer wrote herself into a corner throughout the entire thing. By episode 13, 14, 15, you realize nothing will lead to them changing. Nothing. They did not go through anything and they will not experience any change that will give Gina and Junhee like a happy ending where they're able to fight for their love and they're accepted for it. Among the characters, yeah, their relationships, how they see each other, those things change, yes. But they as characters and as people don't do anything that would make them question their beliefs. Therefore, they never do. So if at the beginning, people around Gina and Junhee believe that they shouldn't be together because of, yeah, his background and his family history, because they've known each other since they were children, because they're practically siblings, you know, if they believe that from the very beginning, at the end, there is nothing that would have eased them into accepting these two. And so Gina and Junhee, there was no way for them to win in this us-against-the-world situation. Gina kind of goes through some change, as I mentioned earlier, right? When it comes to standing up for herself and learning to value herself. Yeah, Chiho as a main character does not. Okay, he starts out rash. He only thinks of Gina and their relationship and that doesn't change. In general, I really didn't like Jiho. Didn't care about him as a character. I think he existed to love Gina. And when he achieved this purpose in the story of, you know, changing her with his love, there wasn't much that was interesting about him. Like he, yeah, he's that type of male lead that you think it's swoony because, oh, he'll do everything for me. He'll beat everyone up for me. And I mean, I won't say I haven't fallen for that kind of male lead before. But in this case, hey, even if it's Jong Hae-in, if the character itself is flat, I'm not buying it. I'm not into it. I only started to care about Junhee when their absent father appeared again in episode, I don't know, 11, 10 or 11. Now, obviously, when his father showed up, obviously he was angry at him and he didn't want to interact with him and he didn't want Gina to talk to him either. Because it feels like he's lived all his life without a father. He established himself as a person without a father. And now you're saying... For him to be approved of by Gina's mother, he has to have a father? He needs to be someone's son? Why? What value does that man add to his life? That was the only time that Junhee showed me any emotional depth, you know? But in general, like he's just defined by like how steadfast and sure he is of how much he loves Gina and how stubborn he is about it. 
Side note, I liked how at this time in the show, Gina was encouraging him to reconnect with his father. Even if it doesn't, you know, fix or change the 20 plus years that his father abandoned him. You know, that's still your dad. That kind of thinking, that kind of mindset. And not everyone will agree with it, but I, I understood where she was coming from. I think it reflects their different views on how much involvement a parent has in their lives as adults. Like That's a, a criticism or complaint of other people uh, about Gina's character. That, oh, you're a grown woman. Why are you still living with your parents, letting them dictate your lives? Like, well, it is what it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too much of a good Asian daughter here. But <laughs> I understand why she still cares about her parents' opinions. And she values her parents' approval of Junhee. Okay? And so Junhee kind of concedes to her by, yeah, reconnecting with his father. Even just driving him to the airport. Fine, he'll do it. Anyway... Going back to Junhee just being rash and only thinking about himself and Gina and their relationship, his solution to their problem was to run away to America, right? He's gonna get a transfer back in America again and she can live with him and he'll support them both. And they can be happy out of this oppressive society and this world that won't accept them. But no, it's not going to work that way. Because Gina at this moment was pushing through with filing a sexual harassment case against her bosses. And she knew that the people in the office expected her to just, you know, just drop it, just fold and let them go. Because nothing good will come out of this for her, for the people in the office. And that's what they expect from her. That, yeah, this is just a fluke. She'll go back to being a pushover and just let them do whatever they want. And this whole issue will end. But as we established earlier, Jiho's love taught her to fend for herself. And so she had to see this case through. She had to push through with it, even if it meant being punished in the office by, you know, getting like a bad transfer. Even if it meant Jiho would leave the country without her. And I'm not mad at the episode 15 breakup because I truly couldn't see how they could move forward and win the battle against the world. The us versus them struggle at this point. I couldn't see how they would win. And I was hoping that the finale would answer that. But in hindsight, given how everything led up to this time skip and the separation, I don't think there was any way for it to be satisfying, right? Because time wasn't going to change those characters. It only softened their anger, their indignation. But their beliefs still stayed the same because to them, oh, thank God, we averted a disaster. Jun, he left. Gina's out there dating someone that they approve of. Okay, mission success, right? It was ultimately a loss for Gina and Junhee. And you have to give the show credit for being consistent because nothing changed. The world and its values did not change. No one whose opinion mattered to them was on their side. And that's why the show is depressing, actually. It's so depressing because no one who loved them ever accepted their love for each other, their decision, their desire to be with each other. No one accepted it, respected it, even listened to it. To them, a no was a no and there was nothing that would change their mind. They tried redeeming the mom a bit, like toward the very, very end, by making her, you know, tell Gina that, oh, I just want what's best for you as a mom. But I mean, we all knew that. You know, if she said that, if she pulled out that line in the first episode of the show, she would still mean the same thing. She did not change enough from episode 1 to episode 16 for that to be like meaningful because from the very beginning yeah she does want what's best for Gina but what's best for Gina in her mind is what she thinks is best for Gina not what Gina wants for herself 
So, what's the answer? How do they get their happy ending? They get it by running away. Okay? They didn't win the us versus the world battle because the world was unrelenting. And so the only solution was for them to get out of that world, right? Gina moves to Jeju to run a cafe with her coworker, and Jiho finds out about it and follows her and they end the show with the two of them kissing and hugging. That's it. Happy ending. Yay! Although it wasn't really in her plan to tell him that she was moving to Jeju and all that, in a way, she is now conceding to his solution. The one that he proposed years ago by saying that they should move to America and he'll take care of her. And like, okay, they end up together. They still love each other. Great. But the world hasn't changed. So they're just going to run away forever from their family, from the people who love them. And I'm sure they love in a way as well. Nothing changed. And you know what? The only solution is for them to just get married and have kids already. So it's kind of, (laughs) they're locked in. (laughs) That's the only solution. But it's a it's a happy ending that doesn't fix anything and just puts them together because that's what people want. They just want to see these two people together. So it's a happy ending, sure. And I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was a happy ending because at least the past five episodes of torture led to something good. But yeah, by episode 14, it was a lost cause. There was no way for this to really be satisfying and to solve any of the issues outside of them that prevented them from being together. Sometimes it's hard to be a woman Giving all your love to just one man Did you think you were going to make it through this episode without hearing that song? Like, did you really think I was going to talk about something in the rain and not force everyone to have to sit through Stand By Your Man? Oh, come on, guys. Come on. It's like you don't know this show. (laughs) Anyway, so that's it for me today. So despite everything I said, I like this show. I really like Something in the Rain. I mean, okay, let's summarize the things that we could have improved. It could have moved faster. Yeah, we could have done with less music video moments and 20 minutes less per episode. Yes, yes. Uh, The workplace harassment storyline was always so distant and so separate from what was going on with Gina and Junhee, right? Until Gina was forced to be at the center of it and suddenly it was relevant to her personally. But 80% of the office scenes did not even involve Gina or Junhee. So... Yeah, it was always so distant from what we were really interested in. And the locations and the drinking and the eating, everything is just so repetitive. I know, I know. But despite all of that, I like this drama a lot. I would give it 8 out of 10, right? I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. I wouldn't put other people through this experience. You have to be the right audience. And, you know, I suggest you try it first. Maybe you'll be charmed by it like I was. Maybe, you know, you do have a higher tolerance for extremely slow things and frustrating situations and characters. Maybe their chemistry will really just 
it, it really sells you on the thing, you know? It sells you on the love. I get it, I get it. But I suggest people form their own opinions on this because if I just listened to the general sentiment, the vibe I was getting from people, I would have thought this was really utterly trash. But it's not. It's good. It's good. It's just not satisfying. But eh, that happens most of the time. Honestly, most of the time, everyone has something to say about some drama and its ending or whatever romance or storyline. Everyone has something bad to say about something. So yeah, form your own opinion. Maybe you'll like it. Because I'm surprised I ended up liking it. I'm surprised that I was so charmed by things that in other dramas, I would have just dropped it. I would not have tolerated this in other dramas. So I think a lot of factors helped me like this more than I expected. And even if I was aware of how frustrating the writing was, like there were some moments where you could just tear your hair out in frustration. Yes, really. Despite all of that, I cannot give this a lower rating. I could give it a higher rating, but I'm still thinking about that. Honestly, I might bump it up to an 8.5, but I don't know. Anyway, I'm reviewing One Spring Night soon, which I feel like is a a companion piece to this drama and to this review episode. So watch out for that. Uh, I haven't written it yet, so we'll see. I will probably refer to this episode a lot in that episode. But yeah, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow, and tell me what you thought about today's episode. See you soon!